Song, Keep I it love going. It so Just much. this line. Put it up. I'm a girlfriend, and she is a blue. <laughs> Welcome to the Friendly Jimmy's Uplaid Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. I hope you enjoyed that song. I, I certainly really think they did. It takes me back to my childhood. Me too. It takes me back to like going to KFC as a child. KFC. That's the, the song. The that Pakistani they tradition. Um. That's cool. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's big there, isn't it? Having said that, KFC is not only big over there, it is incredibly tasty. It's big everywhere. Is it better there than here? Where? Pakistan. KFC. KFC. Do you remember? You had KFC. So much better. I bet it would be. I bet it would be. Let me put it this way. Because you guys are the masters of frying meats. Um, No? I wouldn't say that, but... We know how to how spice works. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. You know how spice works. And you also know that a much more delicious substitute for canola for oil is animal fat. <laughs> that's the that's the That's true. That's, that's where the, the Scottish twelfth herb and spice. The Scottish history and the Pakistani history converge. Yeah, you guys are actually Scottish kings. people are kings of fried they invented fried chicken. No. Yes, Scottish invented fried chicken. Where did you... And they didn't stop there. <laughs> no, they didn't. Mars bars. Haggis. Did they really invent fried chicken? Uh, yes, they did. I thought fried chicken was invented Actually, in the south had, of America. You know how today we were supposed to play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I have one question from that that I'm just going to exhaust today. Miss Lowe, I've got this question for you because I'm interested to know. Yeah. What... Is Australia's oldest chocolate bar. It was created in 1924 by Fitzroy-based McRobertson Chocolates. Shit. Turkish what? delight just to fly in the face of the Anzacs. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, let me guess. Let me guess. Um, give me the year again. 1924. I did not know this. This is a cool story. Because I it, really like this chocolate. Dude, I think I might be the only one. It's got to be something like... Um, Uncle Jim's Victoria Carob Company Incorporated. It is still yeah, I'm going to say Caramella Koala. It mm. is still available oh, at wait. every 7-Eleven, at every store that you go to till today. Okay, wait. You know don't. the assortment of chocolate bars that you get? Like there's the, all, all the ones. I don't want to take... It's in there. 
dude, it's got to be. I like, did not even know it was Aussie. Barnaby's or some shit. It's not Hershey's, obviously. It's like, it's like, dude, it's just gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. This was a difficult dude, one. Dude, just okay. Is it? I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna stick with something sort of like Barnaby's honeycomb. Do you have anything that's like chocolate, not just honeycomb? No, just honeycomb. Enjoy it. Well, it's a I chocolate guess bar. <laughs> I did not know this. Apparently, it's cherry ripe. No. No. The oldest chocolate bar the in Australia one. is Of course ripe. it is. I like it. No. Yeah, I'm sure you do. It's like Anzac cookies. They're not good. <laughs> Anzac cookies. Like I, I appreciate right. the history, of course, but like they don't taste good, man. Wow. Oats. Yeah, I'm really going to have to weigh in with Miss Love on this one. <laughs> I know that's sacrilege. so right. There's only one dessert and one dessert only from around that time that deserves to still be around, and that's the pavlova. Yeah. It's the, dude. And it's pretty much just because it's a fruit tart. Let me expand on that too. It really, this is the one thing, this is like I'm not that big on like English <coughs> food culture that much. Like, because Australia back in the, you know, colonial era, everything, it's just England. It's just like, it was just like slight bastardizations of England. And like that era of England, it's just like every single thing, it's just like, you know, sweet. It's a Christmas pudding with chocolate on it. All right, what about another one? Just take a few elements of the Christmas pudding and put chocolate on it. Something else? Yeah, take the berries from a Christmas pudding and chocolate. That's what a cherry ripe is. It's just like rum, fruits, some other bullshit. It's like, I don't like those good. things. It's good. I fucking hate that shit. I'm sorry. I know this is up. The other thing that Christmas puddings suck. Is that is an egregious? What's is the next thing you're going to say? Turkeys are actually dry meat. No, I like turkey. Don't go crazy. Actually? Yeah, I like turkey. <laughs> you're insane. I just don't like cherry ripe. How do you like, dude? Can I just tell you something honestly? I like bounty. I like coconut. Fuck. In chocolate, uh, uh, and I also like Turkish delight. I like Shocker. real Turkish delight. <laughs> uh, Please, like, all right. What about this? Because you're really hitting the trifecta here. I know the Turkish delight. Everybody says that it deserves to be in that batch. I don't agree, but I think that definitely what deserves to be in the batch of chocolates that need to go, and I'm sure that Ali is a fan of this, Picnic. I disagree. Not a fan, I but disagree. wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't mind I it. Like not a, a fan, though. I like well, picnics. actually, now that I think about it, they're great. I, I'm not going to buy it, but if someone puts it in the table, I used to really more, like eat it last. More mm. of a fan of Freddo. <laughs> That's yeah, just chocolate. Fredo, Fredo you realize is, Fredo is just milk chocolate in the Fredo shape of amazing. a newer than cherry rye. <laughs> Dude. I was shocked too. Maybe this information is fake news, but that's what... No, no, no. It seems real. But like, I need to put this to you. And I want to know if you agree. It would take a fucking huge stretch for me to eat a cherry ripe. Like if someone said, I'll give you 10 bucks. <laughs> if someone said, I'll give you 10 bucks, eat a cherry ripe. I wouldn't take the money. I swear, dude, I'm not being contrarian. I'd be like, no, I don't. What's I, not there to like? There's chocolate, there's coconut, and there's cherry. We're yeah. going to do that next podcast because I wager different. I'm putting out 10 bucks and I'm putting out a cherry ripe. I'm right, going to see we'll what see. happens. We'll see. Yeah, you know, Would you do that? Also, I think that Would you really underestimate how much of a human garbage disposal you are. <laughs> I am, but not that much. I draw the line somewhere, my friend. I've seen you eat some pretty rank things before. Rank to you. No, things that you have sat there and thought, this is... Okay. Like what? Let me give you a great example of this, Ali. <laughs> Miss Love once took me out of the safe confines of this apartment that I spent my entire life in, forced me out into the sun, which was egregious enough. <laughs> but then he takes me to this Asian store 
that makes. Um. I, I like a, a egg pancake kebab <laughs> that is surrounded That's in sweet chicken <laughs> and like the tiniest little thin strip of lettuce. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, Ali. A battery. It tasted like a battery. <laughs> like, you know that feeling you get when you put a battery end on your tongue and you get that little beavers and butthead jolt of... <laughs> that was the whole meal. Dude. The whole dude, meal was we, like an edible battery. Can we and admit this? agreed and kept eating it. That's true. Can we call out this? And I, think, and I think it's safe to say, Asians need to stop <laughs> making savory food sweet. They love doing that shit. They have you do. seen that? Have you have you eaten that Korean dessert um, where it's like a cake made out of beans? Ugh. I don't cake like Asian desserts at all. Red bean. Yeah, yeah, red bean. Mm. No, let's that? just be honest. That's probably just kidney bean. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's too much. It's it's unacceptable. No, this yeah, they've really. I we can all agree on this. this like it's not a burrito, dude. I'll give you it's an a dessert. I'll, 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 let's all agree on this. I'll go one step further. Nearly. I'll be kind to you. Nearly all Asian desserts suck. Be cool. Apart from that matcha uh, cheesecake, and that's Western anyway. They're just like green tea in a cheesecake. It's like yeah, you put you improved on something. You took a Western. They're good, dude. The Japanese are amazing in terms of sweets uh, and motorcycles. Improving a Western design. They took except cheesecake. when it comes to KFC. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Wait, the Pakistan, and that's the only thing the Pakistanis improve on. Well, <laughs> Hey, but don't also that in polo teams ready to go. That, <laughs> oh, that also, also history is written by the victors. Don't throw that pancake debago on me. You wanted to go as much as me. You did. Did I? Yes. Well, no, I think I was very thing? indifferent the whole time thinking surely there's other places to go, but I thought I'll give it a go. Right, okay. And this is the thing. I will applaud you uh, and your insatiable taste buds. <laughs> and I think that what it happened is... When that guy from New York that was a famous chef died, his soul just went into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Miss Love is Anthony Bourdain. Ooh, yeah, Anthony Anthony Bourdain. Bourdain. <laughs> that's, that's a huge compliment. I like that. That's, that's dude, that's like every every guy that's stuff. really into BBC food mm. is is jizzing over that's that. the nicest comparison. thing you ever said to me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, of course you like Anthony Bourdain. Uh, I like that he, he takes risks when it comes to that. He definitely does. <laughs> I like, yeah. He was the first one. That's why he gets credit. He was the first one. To like properly do yeah. a cooking show and a traveling show, so you got to give him credit for that. Not really? just that, he there's, was the, there, he, I think there's people better than him at that job. Yeah, but he, but he was the first one to do it. No, yeah. he, but he was also one of the first ones to be just kind of like, I call it like it is. I like Mexican food that's a little bit better than the shit you get at Taco Bell. And also, I'm gonna point out that In and Out Burger is cool. I don't give a fuck if it's cheap. It was that whole thing. Yeah, he said that. Yeah. One of the first. Well, my respect went up for him a lot because <laughs> I always thought that he was like, unless I'm eating a snake's heart, I'm going to give it a solid two. That's Andrew Zimmerman. All right. The, f the crazy, the, the exotic foods guy. It's like, Dude, that, that job sucks when your niche is like eating fucked up <laughs> shit. Like, can hey. you imagine? Uh, you got Anthony Bourdain who goes to eat like the nicest things yeah, that are ever available. Yeah. And then you've got poor Zimmerman who's like, okay, yesterday we had cockroaches. Today it's time for toad hearts. But Zimmerman no, liked it. Toad. Zimmerman liked it. He was one of those freaks that was eating like a rotting carcass. It was like, it's gelatinous. And I'm not, uh, it's not a problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, funny facts about Zimmerman. Uh, he was homeless for a long time. Really? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Hey, funny fact <laughs> he about Kyle. He <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like flavor. <laughs> oh my God, I think you've just nailed him. I think you've just nailed him. Do you know that guy from Man vs. Wild? 
No, no, sorry, no, for man versus food. what? Man versus food. The yeah. OG one? Yeah, yeah, the OG, OG one. one. the Guido? Yeah. Do you know what ended uh, up happening to him? Yeah, he had a stroke or something. Like incredibly <laughs> sick from eating all that food. <laughs> then, he then almost died, yeah. He almost died. But stop, stop doing it too hard. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. There's something even, no, 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 he did stop, but there's something even funnier. <laughs> What was his name? I forget. Adam so Adam Richmond. Yeah. That was his name. My name's Adam Richmond, and I'm getting ten thousand oysters. I love that guy, but um, <laughs> of course, because Guido, he's me. But um, even funnier though, he did quit after he nearly died. But then, uh, because his doctor was like, literally, sort of like, Homer, if you eat one more burger, you will <laughs> die. You know that thing. And so they, they literally said that, like, if you eat any more meat, you'll just, you just like take a year off your life every slab. So he went vegan. <laughs> he went vegan. And, and then <laughs> No. No. He went vegan and then it's just it's just in his blood. He couldn't he couldn't he couldn't like uh refuse the urge. He went, Man versus food, vegan edition. I'm back. He did a, a vegan edition of Man versus Food just for a short run. Well oh, that that I I How was that? I actually didn't watch it. I was like, <laughs> okay. Right, okay. Yeah. So it was like when uh, King of the Hill was cancelled and they came back with the Good Family. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know the Good Family is. Exactly. exactly. Oh, Jordan, I've got. Sorry, I know I keep getting distracted, but I'm here's another question tea. for you on this point that I was supposed to do Give for the main thing. Can, I'm curious to see if <laughs> you can actually answer this question. I know Miss Love would very easily be able to <laughs> name a Delta Goodrum album. Oh, anyone. I'm going to go with Born to Try. I'm sure she's called One Angel. Uh, no, Dozier in here. What's another one? Wholesome Pop Diva. Dude, one of them is just called Delta. Damn. <laughs> now that's creative. So no, no one would have been a millionaire tonight. What was it? What are the options? Oh, sorry, yeah. Well, no, no, no. They've got all the albums here. It's Innocent Eyes, mm -hmm. uh, Mistaken Identity, mm -hmm. Delta, Child of the Universe, <laughs> and Wings of the Wild. <laughs> Those aren't album names. Those are Tree of Life books. Yeah. <laughs> do you think, wait, do you think Delta is like the perfect name for like, that has to hey, be... Hey, we can't game. hear you. Miss Love is saying, don't you think Delta is the perfect name for? for gay eye. Like, that's a gay eye. Okay, I Delta Goodrum. Like, don't you think is a name? She probably is. No, a gay icon is what. I don't know saying. if she is because Cher is they, a gay icon. You know what? Tyler? I think Tyler. I think the gay community likes the Fallen Angels. Delta's kept up with the I'm a wholesome 15 year old, but I'm now 40. <laughs> but <laughs> nailed it. Every other, apart from Hillary Duff, <laughs> the Delta Goodrum of America. Damn. Love you, uh, lo love you, Hillary. Truth Not bombs. Not a fan of Delta Goodrich, but every other one of them. I'm 18. Bam. Slutsmas. Mm. All of them just go down the route of just can like, ow, oh, naughty. Can I have you guys your opinions? I was thinking about, uh, this is how low I've gotten. I watched the Joe Rogan, Miley Cyrus interview. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I watched the whole but, thing. But good on you for doing it. I watched that. the whole thing. How was it? It was exactly what you thought it was. Average. It was not, not not good nor bad, and that's kind of what I think of her. But what are your guys' opinion of Miley Cyrus? I'm just curious. What is your My entire opinion of Miley yeah, Cyrus? The big question is founded by I think Paul Joseph Watson's most video, which is like disgusting. Like, she dances stupidly. <laughs> What's the talent in that? 
She Have you was actually <laughs> listened to the lyrics of Malibu? She just says Malibu. And <laughs> he makes good points. He does. You know what I'd She wasn't in the who. interview of Paul Joseph Watson on Miley Cyrus's podcast. That'd be great. Wow, that would be a... Does she have a podcast? No. She, she doesn't? Don't think so. And she doesn't have time for she's that, She's too man. big for it. Well, she probably has a lot of time for it, but she's, she? she's too... She got divorced from that Hemsworth guy. No, mm. they're back together, aren't they? Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Well, She <laughs> seems like a person that I would be very, very annoyed by. Yeah. But I still don't hate her. I, like, I wish her all the best, but like not... She's genuinely a freak, I think. She just like seems like a freak. Dude, that's what happens when you're like, she was a child star. Yeah. They all go insane. They all go nuts. And like, she had a breaking point, right? Because wasn't she a child star that was constantly told, you're a good Christian girl. Yeah. And even though you're on Disney and everyone becomes a whore, you're going to be a great girl. And I remember her earlier interviews where she's like, Jesus plays a big role in my life. Mm. And I like this fucking weird Britney Spears was country like star because, mm. Mm. Uh, I, because I believe that her faith is still important to her. And then literally a year later, she was like, I'm coming like a wrecking ball. Yeah. With like her panties. So like whatever Naked, happened. No panties, nude. She flipped over and she went crazy. Filthy. But that's yeah. a common Genuinely <laughs> a rare. <laughs> the big questions, boys. Would you go there? No. No, no, no. Nah. Really? No, I mean, that was either. right up your alley, Ali. I, she's you, white. You do not know my alley. <laughs> she's, too, she's too bony for me. Is she? Yep. She looks like she's too much of a boy. Body. Well, for boyish. you, because you like. Well, yeah, that's up my Bodies of a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> that's why I like it. Yeah, not for me. Thank you because very much. I, I sit there and I think, are you Rachel Meadow or not? <laughs> yeah, that's Rachel. right. You definitely don't want to be having sex with. Because yes, you do. Don't lie. Lesbian. We have you Jim on Maddo. record saying oh, yeah, that you would go Maddo. to Rachel Maddow, yeah. not because of the way she looks, believe it or not. Really? You don't think she's pretty? Her political fleenings. <laughs> I think. I think she's smart. And she's a newscaster. I think that that's actually what is attractive <coughs> about her, isn't it? Is that she's very quippy. Yeah. She's quick. But never have like I looked at uh, her and been like, oh my God, on. she's hot. I want to have sex with her for her looks. Nah, <laughs> it's just it plays into your thing of you like it when chicks wear those 80s shoulder pads. <laughs> and I just like newsreaders full stop. Hey, you know who I'm a fan of? And this might shuck and surprise and you. Yeah. And Paul, you to the core. Not wearing a tie at all. Bill Maher. Well, you go, Bill Maher. No. Well, you have sex with him? No. I just think, I, I don't, he's all right. I've he come around. <laughs> well, everyone, no. but I've come around. Everyone on this podcast, I can guarantee you, would come around on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most people would. But, but, the but, Joe Biden of comedians. But, um, but Jordan Not really bad. likes him. Huh? You really like Bill Maher. But he, you know what? I'm a like, huge fan of Bill Maher. I think I'm Bill a huge Maher fan too. Yeah. yeah. Honestly has. The only late night show I watch. Yep. He's good. And has the most realistic world view. Yes. He's a pragmatist. Of any you. of the mainstream stars. Yeah. He's, he's a pragmatist. Here's a little bit of a tidbit information for the pod audience and you, Miss Love. Yeah. Did you know that Jordan Shanks yeah. is very heavily influenced by Bill Maher? <laughs> In fact, his his... I don't I know if he'll say it now, but his initial, when he was just trying to make big, I remember there was this, um, Jordan, what was this, this conference that you went to in your early days? It was like a bunch of YouTubers. You went on stage 
Um, maybe it was at the Opera House or something of that sort. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Festival of Dangerous Ideas. Festival of Dangerous Ideas. So he goes on there, right? I've seen Which that. I would not be invited to these days because I actually am dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all they ever talk about is just like, is, is uh, you know, are plays in Australia not inclusive enough? We just had an all-female cast of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Dangerous idea. Should, should, should we have made them, uh, like, resurrected Quentin and cloned him? The irony... Actually, I just thought about it. The irony is insane. Dude, hearing You're that too shit, dangerous for the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. Dude, that shit just makes but me want to retreat back to my Soviet roots. What? Just hearing... Just the topic of the day, does Nida get enough funding? It's like, I'm going back to Croatia. Yeah, and that's all Festival of Dangerous Ideas is from start to end. And Josh Thomas. Josh that? fucking Thomas. Is that again? Oh, hello. I'm the Irish comedian that's actually not oh, funny at all. And also, what the fuck am I doing in Australia? <laughs> that, that guy. He got cancelled. What? He got cancelled on Festival of Dangerous Why? Ideas. Why? I don't even fucking know. But that's because his entire audience... He's are just people that cancel people. Oh so, so what he, he said, he, he, like they were just, basically, I'm imagining being like, I'm bored. No one's getting cancelled at the moment. Fuck Josh Thomas. She's had it too good for too long. I swear that's his what His hair's too floppy. Yeah. So like, wait a sec. Is his career over? Well, have you heard of him recently? Well, no. I think his career was over when wait a sec. we no, no, figured no, no, no. out we, he we doesn't have a lot of talent. Come on, let's be real. Nah, he no, was bolstered no, 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 up. No, no, no. He was Don't bolstered up for that, that has never been an inhibitor to show business. No, not the ABC. <laughs> Especially in Australia. They garner it. But what I was saying, the reason I mentioned the Festival of Dangerous Ideas was because that was one of the early public appearances that Jordan did, aside from like him dragging his ass on a carpet and rubbing his shit off for videos. Um, He came back. He was at my house, like I think after the thing, and we were kind of watching the rushes or something. Yeah. And Jordan said his. So Jordan's like personality on stage was like basically what he is now. I think it was the inception of his on-screen personality. And at the time, I remember him saying how he imagined Bill Maher would do it in that situation. Cool. Mm. And, and he did do it. And so what I'm basically trying to say is like <coughs> Bill Maher is way more influential on the friendly Jordy's persona more yeah. than the Jordan Shanks persona yeah. than a lot of people even know. I could see that. No, you absolutely. I've completely forgotten about that. I knew there was a reason I liked him, but it was also because <laughs> I remember watching <laughs> John Stewart and Stephen Colbert and thinking, yeah, these guys are really funny. But then I started looking into their politics more and I was, th- and it was just like, well, their ideal candidate would be Kamala Harris. Right. Yeah. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, and, and like it explains everything, Bill Maher's ideal candidate would have been Amy Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. And everyone paid him out for that but I fully understand where he was coming from when he said that. Mm. You know, he understood that the whole woke movement of she's a woman, that would play well for her. The other thing is she came off as a genuine, authentic person and she didn't play the fact that she was a woman, Mm. ever. When she could have to get points and stuff, she was always just running on her record and what she actually believes in. So cool. And was always making that It's refreshing well. she now. Was, she used to, because she comes from coal mining country and she used to just go in front of her. I love this express. This is what Bill Maher got out of her. She went in front of a bunch of coal miners who all had their arms folded because she walked in as a woman. So they expected the whole lecture of, you should be ashamed of yourself that you're not enough females who want to go into coal mines. 
that was expecting that and she That's said, I know fault. the first thing that you're thinking. You're all sitting there and you're thinking she's a woman and she's just going to lecture me for being a bad bad because I'm a man. And I'm just here to say I don't think that. I think that you're the backbone of America and um, I, I, like, I, I'm not here as a woman. I'm purely running on her record. And she could just see everyone in the audience's arms go from folded to just like sitting back and listening to what Sick. she has to say. Respectable, really. What's her like name? Really What's her name? You know what she just reminds me of? She reminds me of ev- virtually every woman in the labor movement that I've met. Every single one. Apart of Apart from that lady on the Q and A with Jordan Peterson panel. Who? There was a labor well, lady. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I used to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not a fan. The of The one that yeah. was saying, uh, uh, "Do you think like but liberal democracy should the thing be represented?" You can tell, can't you? Because lawyer. she comes off. She's a lawyer, but she's also just got this really smug, condescending attitude, which I can't really talk because I also have that. But <laughs> <laughs> she, she. That's uh, that's taken from Bill, is what I'm saying. Uh, My yeah, but I just realized that Jordan mm. has. Because he, he wasn't like that yeah. on screen. He still isn't like that personally, yeah, yeah. but he wasn't even like that on screen. Hey, well, look, I, you are shaped by your heroes. And I was just thinking, fuck, this guy yeah. makes a... F- he's, he's funny and he has an effective message, yeah. which is this kind of like, this is the best you've got. Shut the fuck up about it. And I think that that is... A really, even when he was on Joe Rogan and they were sitting there saying, Why do you hate Bernie Sanders? He's like, Dude, I don't hate, I have him on the show more than anyone in America. I don't hate this guy. Mm. I just think that the press is always attacking him on this thing of, Do you think that you can win? They shouldn't even be asking him that. They should be asking, What do you think that you can actually accomplish? Let's be real about this. Do you really think that you can get through universal health care in the US? That was Bill Maher's gripe, mm. which was, Look, everybody would prefer universal health care, but is that a possibility in this political system? I think we can all agree, no. That's not going to happen. And he was saying that Bernie Sanders is an amazing politician and he's brought to life like an FDR politics that has been gone for the last 50 years in Australia. I mean, in America, but it's clearly not reached its critical mass point yet. And in the meantime, shut the fuck up and vote for Joe Biden. Can't argue. It's not... It's I I really hate watching all of the YouTube political crowd in the US constantly shit on Bill Maher. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, they're constantly attacking him, and it's it's a naive little shitty Reddit bubble view of politics. I hate. Like so, would the Young Turks hate him? Yeah. 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 Constantly dunking on him, and by dunking I mean they just sit there and whine like little pansies. Dude, Bill Maher has uncanny similarities with Friendly Geordies. I see that. Really, you know what I, I remember when we were sitting there and we were saying, look, I don't agree with his view on Israel, mm. but I can't disagree with it. What is his view on Israel? Just the Obama's view? Coming yeah. from. Well, his view on Israel is like heavily formed by Netanyahu, I, who I think is his friend. <laughs> Wait a second. What is his policy? Just Obama's? Like, let's return the... No, no, no. No, he's, no, he's like, just he's making very like a... He's, he's very pro-Israel, but right. the point that he makes about pro-Israel is he's, he's just saying... Look, you th- obviously you have to be pro-Israel if you're in the U in, in the U.S. mainstream press. It's not going to be. That's actually something that I will give John Stewart. He at least tried to make the point that I'm going to be making about Aspie, which is like, if you say anything that is even remotely critical about Israel, you will get slammed in the press for mm. weeks. He did make that point, and I do think that John Stewart's an amazing man. And I which think one's that? that? He is which one's that again? The Irish guy, The Daily Show. John Stewart. Stewart. What's he look like? I'm just handsome Jewish New man. New York. 
Well, that's actually one of the ways that he could do it. He not only is he Jewish, he's Jewish royalty. John Stewart, sorry, he's uh, Jewish royalty. So, and, but he was still making a really oh really John Stewart mild criticism. John Stewart, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, John Stewart's good too. But I, I think I, John Stewart's good as well. But I just noticed that John Stewart was always playing to the like white people. Am I right? They're stupid. Well, he started he started the movie, and I, I think even John Stewart recognized how bad it got. But you know, all of those people that we now look at late night and we hate. Mm. Are basically products of John Stewart. And not really? his legacy has Mark? been horrible. Huh? God. The, John Stewart, great but guy, completely but transformed. But but his legacy and his his uh, disciples. But wait a sec. What was for a second we thought that John Oliver was the one that you know is really taking all the baton. But like, not not even so. You know what John Oliver is? He kind of has the, the same British view oh, yeah. as John Stewart does with but domestic politics, and he keeps that going. But he just hammed up the racist. Oh my yeah. god, sexist. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and he's to, English. To Eleven. And it's just annoying. Which yeah, and his voice is annoying, and he's not funny. Yeah. But um, <laughs> when it comes to foreign policy, it's just the CIA handbook. Every time, yeah. Just, Leader of Turkmenistan. What's all this about? Uyghurs. Oh my god. Yeah. And I've Yo, seen people. Disseminate what he put about the Uyghur, the, the Uyghur video. It was talking points from Aspie, like yeah. terribly researched points that we can get into another time. But I'm just saying, as a, a brief overview, that is his worldview. But look, the the difference was when I got to Bill Maher, and I was thinking, look, I can even respect this guy, even when he's pushing for Israel. His point is never Israel doesn't do bad shit. He never says that. He's yeah, always like, true. yeah, yeah, dude, they do terrible things, but. Like, if it was an equal footing and Palestine had the nuclear bomb, do you think that they would be any more lenient? He's p- saying just because they're oppressed doesn't necessarily mean they're angels. That's the point that he's always putting out. And, you know, I, I fervently disagree, but he's not wrong. He's Yeah, I, and I can, I can respect that. You fervently disagree, but he's not wrong? I mean... You can disagree with someone's viewpoint. Damn, this is... I hate it when it gets to this on podcast. You disagree with someone's viewpoint. Well, so this is an uplate one, so don't worry. You can just, just, oh. you, you can be, you can, you can, it's okay. an uplate, so be free. Okay. okay. Don't you think, I think that that's actually a lot of views when it comes to Ali and I constantly pushing for China or something. I actually think that a lot of the audience disagrees with our views. Yes, I But can they see can't that. say that it's outright wrong. Sure, yeah. yes. And that, dude, like, yeah, it, it, the other yeah. thing that Bill Maher says I'll pay that, is... Yeah. We've just got to admit it, Israel's boss. And dude, Israel is boss. Have you? Well, do you know how? Yeah, so recently, this Iranian nuclear scientist got assassinated. Mm. Do you know how this guy got assassinated? No, olives. This is crazy. So this is this is what Israel is now fucking capable of. It was a remote-controlled machine gun. Oh my god, that's controlled really by the satellite. That's they installed a machine scary, gun at a particular dude. road. They knew when he was coming. So basically, there was no criminal at the crime scene. That's really They controlled fucked. that machine gun from a satellite. As soon as the uh, nuclear scientist came, peppered the shit out of him. Is that proven? Killed him. Is that proven? That Israel did it? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, did the US do it or did Israel do it? No, it's, it's look, it's not proven, but it's proven. It's also, illegal. Israel has, it's, hasn't come out to deny it. That's illegal, right? One, that is <laughs> yes. super, super illegal. Just checking. But then, like, uh, Israel doesn't care. Israel has, like, a whole history of, like, assassinating people. In uh, it, uh, Yeah, look, they're There is they're a ruthless. reason that they are... Propped up by the U.S. Empire. Well, they're a they're a strategic watchdog in that area. But yeah, they're also getting much. really technologically advanced. Like, in of all, is that because is, I remember this because <laughs> my neighbor 
who, for anyone who doesn't know, probably made the technology that yeah, killed yeah. that nuclear scientist. Uh, he's obviously as pro Israel as you can get because he used to be in their fucking military defence force and actually I think was there for the war with Egypt. Probably he was. was. Probably was. He's mm. very, very... And, and he's he, an old cunt. So he's not like an... Uh, if you meet oh, him, he's, he's, he's very Australian. He's got an Australian accent, but he's very, very Israeli. Because we ended up like... I would talk to him about Israel and he's very nationalistic about Israel. He's very patriotic. If it came up to a decision between Australia and Israel, he would in a heartbeat choose Israel. But so you know what's cool yeah. about it's the thing with well, experts though, too. If there's anything that was going to trigger that man, it would be saying Israel sucks. Which is what you say to him. And like... But he didn't hate me. He liked me. Exactly. I like that about him. He likes... And he's saying this to me all the time. He doesn't agree with me on the Labour Party. But he, dude, he's, he's, he's a fucking Israeli that lives in Bondi. <laughs> and has you a can't blame load him. of money. Like you can't blame him. Money. If there's yes. anyone that should be voting, voting Liberal, Liberal, it's him. Yeah. You can't... Right? Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. he fervently disagrees with my channel about the Labour Party and stuff. But yeah. he'll sit there and he'll find an angle that he likes about it and be like... I think it's pretty amazing that you've built a media empire by yourself. And I'll always just be saying, like, dude, you're, you're helping the enemy. You're the one that drilled into my head that I should be reading. Because my dad would just be next door being like, shut up, I'm watching Storage Wars, fuck off. <laughs> so that'd be my imprint. And then I'd just come out and he'd be reading a book and he'd just be like, you know, I always learn something when I read a book and it helps me at some point. Things that I learned 40 years ago from a book I'd be reading now. Mm. Also, he I likes self-help. I started doing that because of him. Huh? He likes self-help. Like self help as well. He's he's a very he's very heady. He likes he's anyone a smart. And he's a he just likes smart. People. He likes yeah. smart people. Yeah, that's it. And so if he if like if he hears a view that he doesn't agree with, he's not gonna. He's very happy to hear it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and you know, like I, I would argue with him about Turkmenistan being better than Thailand. He's he's from that worldview. The best way to describe it is his ideal president would be John Kasich. Who's that? Who's that? It was this uh, a American challenger to Trump for a second, for like a very, very brief John second. second. But is that, that the big think fat there guy? Is something admirable about it. He won Ohio. Yeah. Is that the big fat Italian guy who danced? Like, no, that's um, Chris Christie. Who is she? That guy's so funny. Yo, from I was gonna say that guy did not win Ohio. <laughs> I promise you footlong shove to everyone in Ohio who votes for me, okay? But don't you think that he probably didn't even win his home state of Jersey? Jersey, yeah. Didn't, didn't think win they would have just been like, yo, Trump's more Jersey than this guy yeah. from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Hoboken for Trump. Um, damn. No, well, there's, there's, there's a few things that are, are very respectable. That. I like him too, man. Like, he, again, different political opinion, but you respect him, man. I have this He's smart and uh, he listens. You know, this is what he's a reasonable man. There's Even though he has certain unreasonable opinions, right? but generally speaking, he's far and few now. See, These days, thing. it's like he's not radical. Yeah, yeah. People are well. always saying to me that he, uh, they find him like, I like him, like too confronting or whatever. But it's you guys that like him yeah. a lot. But other people that I say are just like he just keeps talking. He doesn't shut up. But the thing is, they sit there and just nod with him. He actually wants someone to sit there and challenge him all yes, the time. Yes. And then he likes you. And I can sit there and just disagree with him and agree on other things all day. That's, that's how it's supposed to be. This is what conversations but he, used to be. He doesn't just go on. 
What? Because old people can go on about stupid shit. Whatever he says makes sense. Like he has an opinion and he's voicing it. Yeah. It's not incoherent. It's not no. an old guy rambling. It's a guy giving you his opinion and that yeah. opinion makes sense. Also, I like There's that nothing he, wrong with him rambling. No, I, I really like I it. also like that he looks like Huntress Thompson, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and he's about to play craps. He does. <laughs> he <laughs> his does. glasses. I r- really like that. He's There's like not a, enough of that. He's like a tin smart Andrew Dice Clay too. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Andrew Dice Clay... Uh, the the comedian from you know that guy with glasses and he's like used to be a huge comedian back in the day. I'll I've just known show the you. Name. I'll show Cupper. you a picture. He he's the first guy who sold out like Madison Square Garden what? three times in a row. He's he, he wasn't the guy who was just like I'm gonna smash this watermelon. He was also an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like that guy. <laughs> this guy, <sighs> Andrew Dice Clay. He does. Yeah. That's amazing that you remember him. And you always know that someone's career is down the tubes when the file photo for Wikipedia is from 2012. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's not doing great things, but he used to be a huge comedian. He he appeared in he appears in like Woody Allen movies. Or maybe he appeared in like that, one of, of that ilk. Last um, movie was in 2018. Yeah, yeah. But he oh. used to be a huge comedian back in the day. Like he was um, the Kevin Hart of his time. Dude, is this the singer for the Misfits? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna show you the singer for the Misfits and tell me this isn't him. Hold on. Seems like a billion people in the world look exactly the same. <laughs> Just wait a sec. I'm gonna find a photo and tell me that that isn't the same fucking person. Wait, what are you finding a photo for? The the singer for Misfits. Yeah. Tell me it's not the same guy. <laughs> Those are two completely different people. They're the same person. Do you see any resemblance? Because I can't. Are you serious? They're both, I reckon, they're from Jersey. I'm pretty sure that guy's from Jersey. They're both just like, yo, they're all guidos. (laughs) They dress all in black. They're like, I don't know. I think they're brothers pulling it out. (laughs) Imagine if I was right. Can you imagine if I was right? Fuck. Wait, what are we doing? I mean, look at this photo. Do they look similar? It's him. It's him. It's Andrew Dice And Clay. you're trying to cover it up. Another conspiracy. <laughs> Palestinian conspiracy. Dress exactly the same. The only difference is that they have. Pe- he has Peter's glasses. That's it. <laughs> That's the only fucking difference. Dude, I guarantee you those guys like know each other or have at least had a beer to good look. Yo. They must have. And I've really got to ask this as well. Mm-hmm. Has he done roids? Danzig. Probably has. Nah, I don't think so. Danzig's just How one of those. get a face like that without it? Dude, <laughs> his face is like 80% jaw. You can talk. You got a prominent really? jawline. I thought yeah. I'd just have a tic-tac head. No, that's me. <laughs> you do have a tic-tac head. What's Ali's head? Uh, Cherry ripe. <laughs> Cherry ripe. No, Turkish delight. Turkish um, delight. Dude, anyway, I, I sorry. It's to... the same thing every time. He's just the bear from fucking the Cleveland show. No, Humphrey, Humphrey B. Bear. Yeah, Humphrey B. Bear. That's cool. I like that. Um, anyway, shout out the Misfits. No, because Humphrey Seminole B. Bear doesn't band. speak and you know the, the bear from the Cleveland show ha- speaks with an accent. Mm. Dude, that looks like fucking the guy from The Room. Johnny. <laughs> it does look like Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, it yeah. fucking does. If you said that to Danzig, he'd be really pissed off. Was he also a wrestler? Nah. He Why does he dress like one? Because they started like <laughs> horror punk in the 70s. <laughs> That, is that Triple H? Um, Dude, Danzig is a funny character. He, uh, 
he is very anti-religion and he's basically you jordan he thinks iphones are uh, a cia plot to control your mind so he only has a burner phone <laughs> that's well, his vibe and he makes he 5g's fucked and shit he's probably the guy from yeah it's probably an anti-vaxxer too God, I am glad that you know so much about thrash metal bands as we punk. know about punk. Huh? They're a punk band. Do they cross over? They're one of the forefathers of punk, as much as the Saints. As much as I say the Why Saints. Why do they look more like Kiss than Kiss? Because they were the whole thing of like horror. They they incorporated horror and like like horror like like Return of the Fly and shit. The Misfits were mad. They were a mix of like old school 1950s horror, like they're Creature and Elvis and like with the distorted guitars. They're actually awesome. And they're just as seminal as the Saints. They really are. It's really Didn't the Saints. You say that, but their later work is very disappointing. Yes. Very much like a lot of those bands' eras, unless they break up. Basically all the members left, but then by like 19, they were big in the 70s and 80s. And then like by 1990, 95, they're like, Come and see the Misfits with the original bass player who has the patent for the name. Is the music good? No, it's shit. <laughs> it's They're still exactly playing the to this day. The they played Oxford Art Factory. The Misfits played Oxford You know what's amazing about that as well? What an incredible trajectory of a career. They are performing in the same venue as the Vines. <laughs> so Fact. Fact. Huh? Fact. Fact. I mean, the same He's not being facetious. Birds of Tokyo played out or whatever they were called. Back checker over here when it comes to music. I know. Uh, so so a Tokyo, lot of, no, a lot of virtually com completely yesteryear yeah. Australian bands. That's where they're performing at now. Mm. That's how unrespected they are in terms of music. Well, not their legacy, just them now. It's a very different thing. But I swear they make more in merch than Gucci does. Dude, the Misfits. What were, is going on? The Misfits is one of those bands, very much like Nirvana. You know, there's great videos of people on TikTok film. They're playing Nirvana. It's like, what band is this? And a chick is a Nirvana show. She's like, mm, I don't know. Like they're the idiot. Nirvana, um, the Misfits, Skull, particularly the Ramones. For some, it's really depressing. Punk ideals start amazingly punk is one of those things that just does not have longevity just by the nature of it because it's anarchist it's anti-capitalist it's anti-consumerist it's an oxymoron but the the people that that you know what happens is someone owns that patent someone owns that company brand name someone owns the logo of the band someone bought that usually execs and a and r people ba the bands die of heroin overdoses or break up or whatever eventually so some dude in an office just goes to target hey, do you want to buy the Misfits logo off me and you can just sell it in Target? And they go, yes, yeah, sweet. Next minute, every kid in the world is wearing a Misfits shirt and they don't know who the Misfits are. It's like capitalism gone crazy. It's a sad day. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, like, what are, first of all, like the only people to blame here are the kids who are like, well, Misfits. It's a good name. I get that shirt, Misfits. Just, yeah, but it doesn't and say it does the Misfits. Look cool. It's just the skull. It's a cool image, I get it, but it's like, I suppose at that point, it's pop culture, it's irrelevant, no one, it helps them in a way, I guess it's... A in a way, surely they're Dude, probably I, as rich as Bill Gates. Uh, I, I know for a fact that's not true, dude. They don't own the patent, I don't think. Look, oh. dude, I'm pretty sure 1% of the kids that buy a shirt with a Misfix logo on it 
listen and find out who the misfits are. 99% are just like, I like that shirt. But well, isn't it the same with like Che Guevara shirts? Yes, markets. Che Guevara. Sorry? The fact that you walk around in Paddy's markets and it's a bunch of rich Chinese chicks wearing the misfit shirt. I don't think they know who the misfits they, are. Dude, they don't know. But yeah. dude, they also don't know like what country they're in. <laughs> I mean, look, you said it, and hey, I'm not finally disagree. he said it. <laughs> finally, I didn't say I respect your opinion. Officer. I have changed my train, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should get it on board. Um, anyway, uh, sorry for that huge tangent. No, that's that's cool. Look, our food is actually here. So Yay. why don't we take a break? Let's do it. And then we'll come back, back with this riveting with, discussion uh, in the raunchy up late podcast. Do you know what we, we can talk discussing about? Misfits merch. Let's let's talk about something substantive. I wouldn't have it any other let's way. Let's talk about love jihad when we come yeah, back. Yeah, let's do And that's why the Mishfits are slightly better than uh the dead Kennedys. A C D C The Dead Kennedys, all of them. <laughs> Which one? Which Dead Kennedy? That's a band. You don't know the Dead Kennedys? That's a band? Oh for fuck. It's a bit on the sake. nose. <laughs> Jesus, talk about a communication breakdown. I love this podcast because you are opposite you. <laughs> no. You just know the exact opposite information in the world. Yeah. Well, dead Kennedys, if someone says dead Kennedys, I'm not thinking of a band. I'm thinking of all the dead Kennedys. I know. That's what I'm saying. Because you would think of the band. I that's, Yes, obviously. <laughs> is that a, I, I knew there was a reason that this uh, podcast but the, worked really okay. well. It's because you're the good version of what Dan and Maz was trying to be on Today FM. But can we admit that I'm more right than you, Miss Love, because... Uh, you're because, more right be- than me. Because... Oh, fuck, here we go. It's a bullshit name, explanation. This, this band, Dead Kennedy, got this their name so from cool. Dead Kennedys. Yes, you're correct. So I'm more right than you are. No. No, he you is don't more know. right. <sighs> he has to be. No, you're not more right because your severe lack of music history knowledge is just. <laughs> Are they big? Is so Dead Danny. Kennedy a big band? They're, they're called well. the. Just list. God, you're saying it wrong. The Dead Kennedys. The Dead Kennedys. They, were the, they, they basically. No, but still our least correct. There's a lot of Dead Kennedys. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, I don't know if their name needs to be taken properly sure, considering but they I get, took it from. Sure, but I get, the an extra, Dead I get an extra 30% just out of pure egregiousness on your behalf. <laughs> I don't egregious i don't it is i've never heard of dead kennedys before that's egregious they were a a huge punk band in the 70s no 80s all right you learn something on this podcast all the time i always remember now we were just talking about lenny bruce on the actual podcast who was the original badass comedian was the original crusty the clown smoking a cigarette going yeah 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 Mm. i walked into the club right he was the OG truth teller that was sometimes allowed on Johnny Carson. In fact, the first time I remember seeing him go on to Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson says, all right, we're going to make a pack with your audience. We're going to make a pack with your audience. Once a month, we're going to let on a comedian that offends everybody in the room. Just once. And today is that day. Lenny, would you like to come on? That was his introduction, which just gave him full reign. And you know what else as well? His Such joke a good opening. It, Such it a good... S- <laughs> he was a master. Yeah. I, I, I really think it's the same thing as what happened to Jon Stewart, the original nighttime show hosts. They were exactly what you're supposed to be. I'm sorry, but it is not acceptable for you to be a nighttime host and not be smoking the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish yeah. that that was still a thing. Don't you think? It's not allowed. Uh, like cigars are acceptable, but cigarettes minimum. Mm. Um, 
And yeah, and uh, so he comes on, and this was the first time that these points were made to a wider audience. And remember, this was the era of McCarthyism. This was happening back then. And he comes on, and then he says, I'm going to say a dirty word that got me kicked off. It's a word that starts with S and ends with T. It's a really dirty word. You ready? The word is snot. And everybody said, how could you fucking say snot? This is unacceptable. And then people tried to kick me out of uh, clubs and venues for dare saying a word that everyone knows. Pretty much what he was getting to was just like, the, it was the original George Carlin, like words you can't say on television, mm. just saying how fucking arbitrary it is uh, that certain words are police. That's yeah. genius. And he was saying that in the 50s. Wow. It, he, was, he was a very important <coughs> character in the... Development of your George Carlin's and your um, <coughs> Bill Maher's. Yeah, because in comedy. the 50s, like, wasn't most of the humor like, I was walking down the street and there was a hole that I did not see and I fell in it. Yes. Uh, yes. Wasn't it like all comedy and in the 50s? Who's on first? Who? Exactly. Who? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <skits>. <laughs> like that. Yeah, it was very I good. Love Lucy is my favorite I, program well, on the television. I think Look, comedy to, was... To, to give her a juice, I Love Lucy was funny. <laughs> it was I think that... Hello, sir. We got like, some splain on the door. <laughs> I think like comedy you know, and speaking jazz... Speaking of, he, he was a victim of McCarthyism. Because he was Cuban. So they were just like, Kami. Huh. Well, <laughs> maybe they were right um, there. <laughs> You're right as well. Hey, dude, did you guys know this? I recently found this out. Actually, you can't know this because the world recently found this out. Uh, when I say recently, I mean 2001. Um, what's Jay his Kennedy's name? Fuck. The guy, um, <laughs> the guy who wrote Old Man in the Sea, the greatest. Yeah. Uh, Hemingway? Hemingway. Do you know he was a Soviet agent? What? Registered legitimately Soviet sleeper cell in uh, the yeah, U.S. Yeah, you know how I know that? Oh. Alexander Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago. Really? You know what? And I will say this, and I'd probably do exactly the same thing in Ernest Hemingway's, which is why. Just, just don't listen to me on China. But yeah. he was saying that uh, this is what Solzhenitsyn claims happened when Hemingway came to Soviet Russia. There was a bunch of orphans that they paraded in front of them saying that this is, well, we look after the orphans. They are not homeless and stuff. And then one of them came out and was just like, please, please, sir, help us. They make us work. They make us work. And they're like, come with me. And then no one ever saw the boy again. Jesus. And Hemingway went back to England, I think, and said that everything in Soviet Russia is fine and kept the myth going. That was Alexander Shosenitsyn's big what? He was a commie. He was. He, he was. was not only commie. was he a commie, he was a Soviet agent. Was he extradited he was apparently from America? Really, he was a horrible spy. Apparently, he was not good. The reason was he why extradited the, from America? no, because the Americans never actually, the Americans knew about it, were 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 not aware of how. So the Americans knew about the fact that Hemingway goes <laughs> to Cuba often, and that was kind of sus. Didn't he also itself. fight in the Spanish War? Well, that's how he became a commie. That's where he got <laughs> radicalized. So he was he was fighting the Spanish Civil War. The Spanish Civil War was between commies and fascists. He clearly was more of a commie. Mm. He started working for the Soviet Union when before the Second World War had ended. Mm. So it was still okay in a way. Um, Damn. And then incredible. He was yeah. He he wanted to be a spy. He was uh, and he was made one because Soviet Union re- liked the idea of Hemingway being a spy. But according to Soviet records. Uh, they were like, oh, he's just a shit spy. Like, he's horrible. Right. He's a writer. Yeah. Um, and he likes to be a spy, but he's not good for anything. 
Americans did not know that he was a Soviet spy. They had they started to keep tabs on him um, based on the fact that he kept visiting Cuba, but they had no idea it was like a Soviet influencing. They thought he was just like hanging out with like some of the old revolutionaries, and Shit. so they they were keeping. And Hemingway ended up dying, being paranoid, saying the I the CIA the CIA is like getting to me. The CIA was kind of getting him a little bit. Like they were, Shit. they knew exactly what he was up to. They didn't know that he was a Soviet. <laughs> we found out that Hemingway was a straight up Soviet spy after uh, Soviet um, documents got declassified in like early 2000s. This is it was in there. Huge, huge. It totally like tosses up his legacy, doesn't it? Well, not really. It doesn't toss it up for me. It just makes it more legitimate to me because it's like one of like literature's biggest figures, and to to have like. Like, <clears throat> there's so many questions I have, but, like, the main thought I have is, like, what a crazy time uh, it was that, like, you know, writers would just take up arms and go fight in civil wars. Like, you can't really see... Hey, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> but, like, you can't really see, like, you know, uh, whoever wrote Harry Potter. But he wouldn't. What's her name? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Rowling. Yeah, I can't see a Rowling getting an Uzi being like, that's it, I'm going to Indonesia. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I just can't see That's that. That's a funny thought. <laughs> you didn't get the second copy. <laughs> Why didn't you put the book for sale in your fucking country? <laughs> like, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> like, it's so cool that, he, that Hemingway is Sex is the man. same thing as gender. Take <laughs> 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 that, Indonesia, that definitely believe in that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing that that was... Who thinks to take up arms in a fascist, communist, Spanish civil war? Well, that's where you. Well, take that's the up whole thing. Arms. Is just early boss twentieth century writers, your George Orwells of yeah. yeah. Who wrote um? Who wrote there was this whole like? Do you know there was a movement um, uh, amongst the commies where the academics, because you know traditionally academics have just been commentators, right? They would say this theory, like this ideology yeah. is good. Yeah. They, they were right on it. It was uh, Marxist. Actually, it was Marx who came, Yo, who who started advocating that academics don't only just have the responsibility of telling the truth, but have Taking a responsibility of actively participating in making society better. Mm. And they believe it was through communism. So there was this whole bunch of academics and like writers. This time, they were all of them got radicalized based on that. That it it wasn't just their duty to inform people, but it was also their duty to actively make. This world a better place. Did, did Hemingway, Hemingway did probably Hemi fell into that. But Hemingway's not, books weren't political, were they? They were fiction. Well, they it's had hard undertones. to argue that like there was undertones. Maybe there was. There were definitely undertones, and the Spanish Civil War played a huge impact on his life. It I'm would, guessing. dude. If you end up go, if you fight a civil war, of course, you are not going to forget that. No, shit. no. <laughs> I haven't read much of. I have to. My dad always told me to get into Hemingway and read Hemingway. Well, tell your dad he used to be a commie. And tell him you should oh, be a my, Soviet agent. My dad hasn't hasn't got like commie uh, phobia. Like he grew up in it. He's just disillusioned. But like you know, he'd probably agree with some of the principles. You know. Yeah, true. he's not like a fucking. I can't remember what it was, but Hemingway. This is how the Soviets realized he was just a useless guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he, was, he came up with this like he drink a lot. Uh, he probably did. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but like I'm I wouldn't be surprised if he was a drunkard. Um, this apparently like. Hemingway would come up with like these weird elaborate ideas that were from spy novels. Oh. And so he would say like, okay, okay, how about this? We develop a code language. I'll do that for you guys. 
This is his. Yeah. And so, like, the Soviets were like, yes, Hemingway. Because, like, obviously, who wants to piss off Hemingway? He's such an asset. Like, mm. he's Hemingway. You want that guy yeah. on your side. So, so they were like, that is such a good idea. And as soon as he's like, dude, this guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> why did he lie about s- when, he, when he saw the little kid? Why was he like, Because he believed in the cause. He was a zealot. Yeah, he, he believed in communism. Wow. Um, but anyway, again, this isn't like uh, proven anyway. I think mm. this is just what show, nothing in Shovishnitsyn's book is proven. Right. It's all just eyewitness accounts. Wait, that's the, pel- the gulag. The gulag. Archipelago, which, really, look, yeah. I am, I, I'm sick of people shitting on it on Reddit as always, being like, this isn't an actual source. This is stupid. It doesn't matter. It's an achievement in itself for this mm. guy writing that long of a thing. And even if it's all story, it's a better writer than Hemingway. Fuck. Yeah. It's really <laughs> it was, long. It was very big. Dude, it's fiction long. or non-fiction, and it's dude, a good like book. At the end, yeah, I know. <laughs> Have you read it? Dude, at the no, end of it, I've never been more depressed in my entire life. And it went oh. for two months. You know when I lived I in Bifco and I used to just drive the dogs like half an hour I remember. every day? Every time I got in his car, they'd just be sort of like, and then Blitzer was piled onto Prancer's body and Prancer's body was on Blitzer's. Like, this is... <laughs> And they weren't done yet. Did you did you read After that? Be- that I had sex with the bodies. Oh, <laughs> it's always that it was just Some every space. like every time you just thought, okay, oh. it can't get worse. Oh no, it got way worse. And, and no, Wait, that so he's claiming that they were no, having the next sentence worse. <coughs> he's saying that Soviets oh. were necrophiliacs. No, but it, like anything that you can imagine that was depraved or inhumane, that guy was documenting it and saying that so was just it unspeakable. Is it, is it accurate? Happened. I don't know. All I know is that guy was in a gulag. And obviously gulags were not a nice place. Yes. No. Yeah. But Peterson cites it like it's fucking... And also the thing a, that really... His, his opening actually is the most powerful part of the entire book. Right. Because he just sits there and says, Everybody in Soviet Russia knows that they have a one in ten chance of getting tapped on the shoulder by a police officer who says you're under arrest. And nobody ever fights it. No one ever causes a scene. Answer is exactly the same as I've heard all throughout the archipelago. Everyone's responses are startled. Me? But why? They will soon discover that they will never learn why. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how it starts. Dude, that's how it starts. an argument against communism. Dude, there's like, there's, there's definitely mean, more com- arguments against. The, uh, this is the other peculiarity of um, like gulags or like Soviet Union as opposed to like any other terrible. Oh um, yeah, I shouldn't like a Hitler, like yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Hitler would also have people killed and kind of this yeah. shit, right? But it was only in the Soviet Union where, at every Stalin's birthday, oh that all of the people in the gulags were forced to write a letter to Stalin explaining how they deserved this gulag and how he's a great leader for putting oh them there. It, this is this only happens in the Soviet Union. Oh, Can you imagine Hitler saying, hey, you Auschwitz guy who I'm about to kill, give me a letter oh. saying how much you're... Nah, oh. they just killed him. But Stalin <laughs> oh, required Stalin morality. Stalin you guys love so much. <laughs> no, no like, like, obviously yeah. he was a psycho, but he got results. <laughs> I've got to say, look, he wasn't, I, I you know really what, he, don't think that would you a, be, like uh, we would have won the Second World War, or maybe like maybe if the US got involved or something. But mm. man, if Germany was—I mean, if Russia was the same Russia that it was under the Tsars, the Germans would have walked all over it. Right. They would have been fighting tanks with horses. Yeah. yeah. No, um, no, there's, there's definitely, and but but you know what? You know what? You know what's even more surprising about this? Yeah. And you might not believe me. 
A lot of the people in those gulags that had to write those letters yeah. meant it. Yes. Well, maybe. You, would you believe this? And this is, I swear this is true. Yeah, I'd believe it. That's how Shows propaganda works. Yeah. yeah, you could say that. Like, I'm not denying that. But but they, when they were writing, because they were believers of communism. Yeah. They, yeah. Damn. And apparently they just used to get on every day kind of the same way that Sirius Black in The Prisoner of Azkaban got on with his day and not get his soul sucked out by Dementors. Ah. Because they knew they... It was just like everybody there lived under the illusion that one day they'd be tapped on the shoulder and pardoned because it was a mistake. It happened seven times in the entire archipelago's history. Um, but he was saying that, yes, there was two camps that really went in there. Everyone went in there believing in Stalin and some people would just hang on for grim death even when they were starving. They would believe in Stalin to, to the death. And then there was the other half that you could reason with. And he was saying that he got into a mode of trying to convince people that Stalin's not all that great and you don't actually deserve to be here. And the reason that he said that he did that wasn't just to prove them wrong or anything. It was actually just a thing of like, dude, if you're going to survive in the gulag, you need to know the reality of the situation. Don't live in a fantasy that you're going to get out of here. This is not how gulags work. Like at the end of your 20-year sentence for no reason, they're just going to chuck like another 10 on there, even if you just behave and you're like the ideal citizen. So here's how it works. Here's how you survive. That's what he was constantly trying to do. How do you survive a gulag? He said the the piece of advice that he got, because somebody did this to him when he got in because they realised that Chosenitsyn was a war hero, there was a bunch of war heroes that were in there. Um, and this guy said, okay, there's two roles here. In the Gulag, there is 80% of the workforce that work in general duties. And then there's 20% that work in administrative duties. And that includes kitchen, uh, filling out forms, um, you know, taking like a night shift on surveillance, all these kind of things. You do whatever the fuck you can to, to get, get into the 20%. Right. If you're in the 80%, you will die. It is a it is an absolute guarantee that you will die if you stay in general duties long enough. You can rotate in and out of general duties and I would highly recommend that you find someone that's willing to do that that like you guys just take like, you know, a month on a month off. And that's like a good way of doing it because then you can kind of ensure that both of you get enough like administrative roles, but you need to get into the administration. It's basically just make yourself useful to them. Make yourself useful to them. Make yourself useful to them. Um, yeah, I can't remember what he ended up doing, but I think it was something. I think it was something to do with writing, because it was <laughs> the twentieth century, and fuck all people knew how to write. And Soviets appreciate art, and they appreciate intellectuals. Dude, Stalin appreciated intellectuals. Yeah, right. Um, having said that, how did he get out of it? How did he survive to tell his tale? He said that, like, after Stalin died, things chilled out. And he survived. I think his sentence got extended for no reason. And he was just saying, like, he was just being like, yeah, I fully expected that. Um, I think that's correct. Like, it's a long time ago that I read it. But then, (coughs) when he was out, he started writing The Gulag Archipelago. And... And I can't remember who it was. It might have been Kerensky 
But one of them was like, this, this is an official document and it's an achievement that this was put together and has a lot of eyewitness testimony in it and should be in the libraries in Soviet Russia. And then another guy came in and just banned it in all the bookstores. But I think that they kept it in official public libraries, if I'm correct, or maybe they did an outright ban. But originally, it was allowed to circulate throughout so the Soviet Union. Mm. And it was actually the later administration's ways of saying, yeah, we understand that Stalin was pretty fucked. Mm. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> like we worked with the guy we know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we were, they were just close to coming and being your roommate <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the other thing about stalin dude like you it's not that if you're a big hotshot cabinet guy that your version of getting fired is like going to some island and chilling if you're a cabinet guy you're more likely to get into gulags jesus so it was what, uh what was your was interesting what character. was your what did you glean from that riveting read First of all, I understand why Jordan Peterson likes it so much, and I don't think that it's to do with communism is terrible. I think it's just the fact that it's like, this reminds me of how Nietzsche writes. Like, I think that's it. He just likes gloomy books. Right. Um, And it is fucking gloomy. And it is well-written. And, like, he, you know, any possible gleaming thought that you have of maybe he was lying about this or maybe he has... he's, He's just like... An incredible arguer. He's he's constantly just sitting there saying like, "You think this, and these people thought that. This is why this is wrong." The whole time, like the whole way through, he just keeps shattering your illusions from his perspective, at least. It's. I I do understand that that it's a it it actually is a real testament to human beings that he could even write that because it's just so long. And so like <laughs> I felt like I was in the gulag after the two months. I was just like, I, I prefer to be in the gulag at this point. Like yeah. I, I, it's too much. It was yeah. it was dude, I remember just getting into the car and being like, Ugh. But there you is something like there it. is there is like a there's something in us humans that really appreciates survival stories. It appreciates underdog yeah. stories. So like, yeah, the gulag archipelago is like the is basically Shawshank Redemption in written form. Who can hate that? You know, the does he, he said that the worst part, he was saying that being in the camp, when you knew how the camp ran, it was still horrible, and, but you got used to it and you could figure out how it all worked and you could get people that, like, you know, listened to you, you could help them out and stuff. It was a, it's like any prison. There's actually like a push-pull relationship between guards. You figure out which guards are nicer. There's that whole manipulation thing that happens. He was saying, and every (coughs) prisoner was saying the same thing, the train ride there was the worst. Yeah, it's like skydiving. What? The worst aspect about it is not jumping off the plane. It's like when you're going up and you can see, okay, we're getting higher. Oh, shit, it's higher than before. Yeah. That's scarier than like actually jumping. Well, it wasn't just the dread. It was also just because... You know, they, they wouldn't go for a toilet stop for, like, <laughs> eight hours. And then when they did, they'd be like, everybody has had enough toilet. And it'd be like, you know, half the people in the carriage. So people would just, like, shit their pants and oh. they'd be all crammed on top of each other. And, like, someone else's oh. shit would be down on you. And, like, they didn't serve you any food. And the, the train ride lasted, like, a week. And Dang. Is it a critique of... Uh, 55 guys, one cup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But is it a critique of uh, <laughs> the system? Sad but true. What <laughs> is it? A critique of? Is, 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 would you just say no? He's got. Brutal, I think he's got like, other books. 
Well, is, Al- is Escape from Alcatraz a critique of the system? I don't think that's as brutal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess they're not there for political reasons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, did you go away from that being like, let me go read Marx again? Or were you like, I'm not going to do that? Look, he says that it was, I guess he's saying that it was a critique of communism because he was saying that it's all lies, the way that it actually ran. But I think that he was saying that in another book that I haven't read. But he was mostly just talking about this in terms of gulags. And I think, I think it was actually just more of a criticism of Stalin than it was of communism in general. But I could be wrong. I am. Uh, it was years ago that I read it now. Because there was a lot but of... But I just com- remember him just like really hating on Stalin. There was a lot of communists that didn't like Stalin's mm. brand of communism too. Mm. So, um, in fact, most of the political dissidents, like, you know, like, like how you were surprised to know that George Orwell was commie. George Orwell was, yeah, he right, was, no, he was commie, he was but like not... No, 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 I mean George Orwell, not oh, Hemingway. Orwell, yeah, Orwell, yeah. Orwell, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, like, oh, yeah. yeah. He was very anti-Stalin. No, and yeah, that's what like, all of his, uh, in 1984, Animal Farm critiques about. That doesn't mean he was some cuddly capitalist by any means. Yeah, I get He that. believed in like the, yeah, just like a whole bunch of commies that were mm. still commies, didn't like Stalin's brand of commies. Well, like the Cuban vibe. And, co- and, and Stalin's response to them was, you know what? You just don't have balls. You're not actually communist. You just don't have balls. He's kind of right. And he was weirdly kind of right. What do you mean he was kind of right? I mean, look, I, because like uh, they were all doing Lenin stuff of, you know, you can't collectivize farms because this all happened, and then he's just like, let it happen, let it happen. Like, if you believe, he's like, do you? Because that's the oh, other thing. Like, a lot of Stalin's reforms that ended up killing people, it's not that most of the Russians were against those. It's that a lot of them thought that they were premature. So they were still on board with the idea, mm. but they just didn't think it was the right time to do it. Right. And Stalin, and Stalin's, if you think of it from Stalin's perspective, he was like, if you think it's right, have the balls to go through with it. Mm. I'm here. I'm going through with it. Who the fuck are you? Mm. And, uh, and that, that was Stalin's brand. <laughs> he was just a ballsy motherfucker. You got to give him that. Yeah. Just Is he uh, some academics. I mean, trying to... Dude... He tried to industrialize Russia, which was in the 19th century, in five years. And that's uh, ambitious. And this is going to be a weird thing to say about Stalin. Selfless. Yeah. No, it's true. Oh, this is getting to be a stretch. This is getting insane. The guy who probably created really the greatest dictatorship. No, I'm, I'm telling you, man, this is just what happens. It's just like that chick that we met in the pet barn today. If <laughs> you don't read, you have a really simplistic view of the world. Yeah, okay. But when you do read enough, you see where Stalin's coming from. You see where Alexander Solzhenitsyn's coming from. It's like the same thing that I'm talking about with your parents and two's parents. Yeah. Where their rendition of communism is not wrong. Yeah. They probably are better qualified to talk about it than me because they actually were there. Yeah, yeah. But also because Ali and I have studied, you know, the top and what they were facing on an international level, Mm. you know, you you just see that it probably wouldn't have been fucking any different, you know? Like it's probably better that that happened because this is the other thing that um, Michael Parenti is always pointing out about it as well. Mm. When people say this, they say... Oh, well, why couldn't it have been like Sweden? 
well, I'm so sorry that Russia, with its sordid history of like their most celebrated king being called Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a tough people. Yeah, like Russia that. is just a tough place. Yeah. It had it got dealt a bad hand environmentally and politically, yeah. uh, all throughout its years, and then Soviet Union came along. And look, you know, before its collapse, things were evening out in the late '70s and early '80s. It was getting freer, and he was saying that he went there. And you would talk to the average Russian, and the average Russian might have been "quote unquote" poorer. It wasn't anything like the nightmare hellscape that the U.S. was constantly trying to push it as. Everyone, like at that point, everybody was fed and clothed. But this is the other thing that he was saying: educated. Mm. He would go from Soviet Russia to Reagan's America, and he just like the average American has no fucking idea what the government does. They have no idea of the role or anything like that. You go there and you talk to people on the street and you're just like, you know, have you read Milton Friedman? And they'd be like, yeah. So they've read like the most American economist there is. They would have read his work. They wouldn't even have read. Oh, yeah, yeah like the, the Soviets right. would. Right. No, That's the whole thing. But like in America, like, and then they would say to them, have you heard all these Russian economists have been like, blah, 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 blah. And th this guy's a political scientist. Mm. And he was just like, no. And right. he was just like, I've never heard of these people. Right. They're not even allowed in, in, in the US. Yeah. You know? Intellectualism, study, academics were very encouraged in the Soviet Union, as hard as it is to believe right now. In fact, someone like Stalin, who by no means was an intellectual or like a genius, uh, like for example, Lenin was, or Trotsky, they, they were heavy intellectuals, and yeah. Stalin was not that. But Stalin was aware of that, and he spent every minute of his life trying to read as much as possible. When he died, they found his books that had meticulous notes on what he believed. So th the other thing that we learned out that he genuinely believed in what he was saying. Mm. And secondly, sure, that he, sure he, he as, a, as a Georgian uh, man who wasn't particularly educated, tried his best to educate himself as much as possible and valued it a lot. Mm. Uh, all Soviets valued study and deep thinking and critical thinking even though it sounds weird coming from Soviet Union, which is the antithesis of critical thinking in a way. But, but so it's communism like came about from critical thinking. But like, in a way, dude, it is the most heady intellectual experiment in human history. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It they were trying to just like completely re-engineer human nature. <laughs> That's what they were trying to do. It's pretty fucked, yeah. And you know, coming yeah, back to you, Miss Love, so. you know you were saying that... Uh, it, well, I was saying that Stalin was selfless. Mm. I'll go. I'll go one step further. Any great leader that commanded great authority amongst their people, by definition, has to be selfless, or at some point were selfless. Big yeah, but you know what? Like when you read the psychological definition of paranoia, everybody thinks Stalin was thinking, "Oh, they're all out to get me." That is an element of paranoia, but the main thing is that you see the world as black and white. You see people that are either evil or you see them as saints. That's it. And everything that you learn about Stalin, you see that he had that worldview. Mm. Like if, if you if it had very quickly changed in his mind that you know you, you'd just be on the inner party circle, you'd be trusted with all of this stuff. You you step one foot wrong in his mind, you were evil. You had to be dealt with. Yeah. And also the other thing about paranoid people is they're very charismatic, which Stalin was apparently, 
and uh, they're, they're very mom. intelligent. Like that's yeah. what I, I swear to God. If if my mum was a leader <laughs> in history, she would be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Should we end it on that note? How did he die, real quick? Stalin. Yeah. Um, he had a stroke. Natural death. No, but brain hemorrhage. But and um, who was his successor? Um, not someone related to him. Who who came after Stalin? Khrushchev was it? Khrushchev. But um, yeah, because Kennedy. Ah, uh, yeah. He was yeah, dealing yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Could have been. I think it was Khrushchev. But Khrushchev was the one banging the shoe on the table at the UN. He did that. <laughs> what the hell is that about? Listen to me. Yeah, that was pretty much it. You are not the least any. Um. What a sick name as well. Khrushchev. Khrushchev. It is a very fascinating part of history that I, I need to read more about. It's just like, I feel like reading uh, no, about... Sir Melenkov. Mm, right, okay. And if, like, I feel like getting Khrushchev into getting into Stalin is like getting into Bob Dylan's back catalogue. It's heady and long. That is the but perfect way for you to describe Soviet Russia. And, and <laughs> if, if I, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's back catalogue. Uh, look, um, it's it, you. you I, I'd still say Bob Dylan's back catalog's probably more hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? I'll pay that too. Christ, uh, it is. Uh, fuck yeah, it's it's like it's such a. Uh, but it's, hard, it's hard to it's hard to sometimes not be. Was uh, an emotional young man not being object like to be objective when you're dealing with so many deaths, but it's important to be. Don't be objective. Just. Think, think no, no, no just just put your always try to think of something from the perspective of the person doing it mm. and that will not necessarily change your opinion about them but it will give you a greater context yes it'll just it, it'll take you out of that binary approach of like you will yes. see where they're coming yeah. from <coughs> which was wrong in hindsight they were wrong but at the time no one knew that they were yeah, wrong yeah and they they, they genuinely believed in what they were doing and they thought yeah. it would make society better. And yeah. if it wasn't for Russia's sacrifice in World War II, the world would be a very different place. Whether it be Nazis. There's some, there's some TV show which is imagining a world where Nazis won. And apparently uh, the, the east coast of the US is dominated by the Nazis and the west coast is dominated by Japanese and then there's like a whole civil war going... Someone told me about this show and they said it was really good. I have heard about alternate historians, though, that were saying, man, it would have been better if the Germans and the Japanese won. That is... I've heard... I've heard, In terms of, like, because the Germans were, like, progressive environmentalists, uh, uh, progressive social reforms because of that also shit, Also, right? progressively yeah. pogrom-inducing. What? <laughs> As in, like, they, they were killing a lot of people, too. Right, good for the environment. I mean, like, <laughs> but the like thing is, you know what though? If Germany won, they wouldn't have this had is, by those, the way, like, massive ghoul. A they red hot fucking topic. Well, they, to had, say they this. had concentration camps. You should be allowed yeah, to but, have but an the, opinion. He was saying, like, like, uh, you know, the gas chambers was like a last resort in Hitler's mind, wasn't it? Wasn't he just like going to push all the undesirables into Africa or something? And nah, but at some point they came to the conclusion that I just just kill them all. But I think that was because they were losing the war and they were thinking, "Fuck, we're running out of food." And then it's just the same thing as always. So then you think, okay, well we've got to like feed the soldiers. Well, they were killing even before they were started losing the war. But was it kind of just like political killings, or was it just like an absolute absolute wipeout? Because I don't know. I don't even know what to know anymore. 
Uh, because all of, like, again, every German history and everything is being told to us by allies, right? So I don't know. I really don't know. I was, I am under the impression that concentration camps and killings were occurring before Nazis were losing. So this is pre-41. You could argue that in 41, 42 was when Nazis were finally just, just like, yeah, the tides had turned. But the concentration camps existed before that. They just wanted but to I clear out the, the space from what I... That's what I thought. They wanted to clear out this space. They wanted to put them in camps until they had invaded Africa, I think, and wanted to put them in Zaire. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I I think that that was, like, the original plan, and so, like, it all started to change, and they started losing, and that's when he started thinking, like, fuck, like, I need to do as much as I can in the smallest amount of time that I can do it. So a lot of the effects happened because global events started to shift. Dude, was the was the um, was the in terms of ideology between the Nazis and the um, and the like Stalinists were they that different? Yeah, they were very different. Really though, I think there was. But a lot you of know sil- what? You know what, dude? You know what? Like, More I would imagine that the American Americans Republicans. Hey. I'd imagine that the American pu- Republicans would be more ideologically different than the communists and the Nazis today. The Republicans would be more ideologically different. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that uh, like, Hitler dude, like and the Republicans today are really a very extremist political idea. Yeah, yeah minus yeah. like you know killing the Jews and shit. They kind of like Hitler. Yeah, minus all that crazy shit would be a great candidate for them. <laughs> Who Hitler for the Republicans? Yeah, minus yeah. again like killing. But, 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 but what about it middle like class? No, 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 no. He'd be a terrible yeah, he candidate. Was social, he was like socialist. But he right? is, uh, Hitler's, Hitler was like one of the first middle class advocates, right? Republicans love that shit. Hitler's entire well, They claim that they are, but the thing is that Hitler actually got it done. Yeah. Hitler actually did expand the middle H- class. Hitler also nationalized a lot of bullshit. That's of what I'm saying. That's they're not going to be doing. Thing. That's but that's not, not communist. That's not communist. So there's a difference between fascism and communism. Fascism might have the same sort of authoritarian angles yeah. as uh, as communism, but has very different intended results and very different procedures on how to do it. Give me a sentence on each. So, for example, communists in an ideal world believe that you nationalize companies so that you can give workers control. right? So the workers that work in that also own the corporation. And the government basically is an arbiter mm. of this transaction. Um the fascists do not believe in giving it to workers. They believe that workers are workers. You give them pay, but this property um, is not the government's. You would eventually give it to other oligarchs that are controlled by the government. And the oligarchs need to realize that the state uh, machinery, the military needs to be funded heavily. But if that realization is there, then there's no particular need to nationalize uh nationalize uh, companies. The reason why Hitler ended up doing was that because he was trying to recover from the depression. Mm. So it's not that he wanted to nationalize them to distribute to the workers. He wanted to just rebuild the companies. Right, and he right. thought that government would be in a better position to do it. Something that like ideologically we just don't fathom is the thing that we can do. We look to, when things are looking good, we say, uh, privatize this because this is working well and this is going to help if things are going like a government can't handle it privatize it so for us every solution is privatization but for Hitler it wasn't that it was like look these companies are doing poorly if we sell them we're not going to get any good we're not going to get a good price out of them anyways let's fucking invest a lot in them and bring them up 
and then eventually when they're in a better position we can we can give them give them to like our handpicked businessmen mm. that's why um that's why chomsky regards japan and south korea as like uh successful fascist states he, he calls them fascist states mm. that's they pretty much just followed that exact model really so, dude, you can't deny it. Doesn't it gets it fucking is. results? <laughs> it gets results. Yeah. All right, on that one, yeah. on that note, we will bid thee farewell, and we will see you next week. Arrivederci. <laughs>